Welcome to Coffee Content Etc. I'm your host, Mitch Sims. Let's get started. Getting things started here on a Tuesday. Look at this. Give me just a minute here. I'm letting a few others in. How's your morning starting off so far? Good. I'm kind of disappointed. I'm disappointed that we both don't have our daughters in the background here for this one. Mine is um, being very occupied right now, <laughs> Very occupied at my house means iPad time. I'm curious, what does very occupied look like at, at your household? So I th- we implemented a uh, kind of a game plan yesterday with a little bit of a schedule. So I think this morning is online learning. That's She's doing oh. ABC Mouse and uh, Prodigy and Extra Math and those programs. We were, we were going to look into ABC Mouse. And, you know, I guess we're all going to have to start figuring out what, um, what homeschooling looks like. Yeah. It's, you know, the environment we live in right now is practicing social distancing, which I would say we're getting an A plus at this morning. <laughs> yeah. I was not a teacher on purpose. Yeah. So, um, we'll see how it goes. I was going to say, I, I have definitely realized that teachers have the patience of a saint because I was trying to work with Kingston on something yesterday and wow. I mean, oh, not enough patience in the world, unfortunately, yeah. in this body. So, yeah. well, um, <clears throat> we have quite a few people here, and I'm sure we'll have a couple more here join while we're going forward. I'm going to apologize to everybody ahead of time. I'm sure you can hear it. My allergies are going a little bit crazy. So I'm going to try and mute myself if I need to clear my throat or cough. Um, but just a little, little heads up to everybody. Um, I want to extend a huge warm welcome to one of my good friends in HR, Christy, for joining me today and kind of kicking off this pilot. So before we go through and kick it off, I wanted to go through a little bit of a background with Christy, but also go through and let you guys know where I saw something really cool that Christy did a couple of years ago, and I want to have her talk about it briefly. And so that being said, uh, Christy is the... president and principal consultant of the people perspective, which is an HR consulting firm that's dedicated to helping organization realize their best practices and human resources. Uh, She also has worked for various nonprofits through volunteering, specifically uh, Terra, so Tulsa area human resources association, um, Oklahoma HR state council, which I would say you do a fantastic job at. And, um, Multiple others like SCORE Tulsa Women in Recovery um, and Bixby Metro Chamber. And then there are a couple of notable awards that you've won in the past, um, specifically being the Tulsa Area Human Resources Association President's Award in 2016 and then the Richard R. Messer Excellence in HR Award in 2019. So kind of have a celebrity joining me today. (laughs) (laughs) 
So specifically, one of the one of the things that I wanted to go through and bring up briefly before we get this kicked off was a couple of years ago, I always notice when people go through and take themselves out of their comfort zone, like I feel like I'm doing right now. Um, Christy went through and gave a, an excellent uh, talk at Disrupt HR a couple of years ago that still sits with me today, um, going through and talking about sitting in an awkward moment. Christy, do you want to just tell briefly from a high level what that whole conversation was all about? Sure. Um, so the talk, and I still do the talk as a keynote, um, is about it's about the land of Awkwardville. And the premise for the talk is that I'm the mayor. Uh, but really, as HR professionals, we're all the mayor of... <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Dave <laughs> uh, We're all the mayor of Awkwardville. So we talk about uh, we talk about the uh, need to have awkward conversations. Sometimes we're having the awkward conversations when somebody else should be having those awkward conversations. Uh, and I think what's what is um, special about that talk is that I am an awkward person, and you'll see that today because I don't know where to look. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that. Maybe I'm looking at Mitch. I feel bad. I've got this camera I'm supposed to look at. And by the way, I'm a face toucher, I've learned. And I'm not supposed to do that. So all the awkward. As I just did. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, so I did that disrupt talk when I was right in the middle of my own personal awkward bill. Um, so it's really special to me. Uh, it's my favorite talk that I do, but I think that we're all, I'll transition us, Mitch, we're all probably finding our, I mean, this world that we're living in right now is, I think, the ultimate in Awkwardville. It is bizarre, and we're having to figure it out and navigate it as HR professionals <laughs> and leaders. So it is definitely something that we've never seen before. Um Without going down a rabbit hole there, which I'm sure that we could for an hour, I thought I would tell you guys something funny that has came out of, you know, especially my household from being quarantined together. Um, you seem to learn more about your family. But uh, one of the things that I realized is my family is hugely dependent on Amazon. Uh, specifically, we were having an argument, I say argument, an educational argument about did the chicken or the egg come first? And Kingston looks at me and goes, Dad, just order them both from Amazon and we'll find <laughs> it. Oh, all right, son. So anyways, all right, enough of the dad joke. So Christy, I wanted to go through and interview you a little bit on the Family's First Act since this is a huge change for most employers and it's going to impact quite a few people. I know that things are changing and, you know, it seems like the Affordable Care Act crunched into a two-week time period. So I know there's still a lot out there that is unwritten, but let's start off by just telling us what is the Families First Act? Sure. So the Families First Act was passed, um, it was signed by Trump last Wednesday, the 18th. It goes into effect, uh, look at the camera, Christy. It goes into effect April 2nd. Um, and then the the exemptions, the mandates will last through the end of this calendar year. So December 31st, 2020. There's legislation within this uh, bill 
around several things. The ones that we're not going to talk a lot about today are uh, the funds available for the extended funds available for unemployment, um, food safety, not food safety, but food availability, those programs, um, and then also testing for the coronavirus. So we're not going to talk a lot about those today, but that is within uh, the bill that was signed in last Wednesday. What we are going to talk a lot about today is the emergency paid sick leave mandate and kind of the expansion to the Family Medical Leave Act. Um, so those are the biggies for HR professionals. And that's what I kind of wanted to overview today. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the benefit of this change to a company's employees. Yeah. So this is really all benefiting employees. Um, so this is, uh, this, and I might step on some of the other questions, Mitch, so just be with me. Um, so this applies to uh, all public employers and private employers under 500 employees. Um, so those employees in those organizations will benefit by getting an extra, extra is the keyword there, 80 hours of paid sick leave that, and that is specifically for circumstances around the coronavirus or COVID-19 mystic with coronavirus. Uh, so those 80 hours can fall into two buckets. And this again is the paid sick leave mandate, which is separate than the FMLA expansion. So with the paid sick leave, there are six categories employees will get their or are eligible for their full 80 hours of pay um, if there, and there are three specific categories. So if they're um, required to quarantine, if a doctor is suggesting that they quarantine, um, or if they have the signs and symptoms of the coronavirus, then they're eligible to receive that full 80 hours of pay. Um, if they are caring for another individual, and that individual is kind of up in the air with what that means, but if they're caring for someone else, that falls into any of those categories, or they uh, they are caring for a dependent, I'll use that word, um, that's out of school or their daycare has closed, they're eligible for that pay, but at a reduced rate, two-thirds is the number that I'm seeing, two-thirds of their regular pay for 80 hours. Um, so that's the paid sick leave mandate, and there's a lot more to it than that. We don't have time to go into all of those details the expanded uh, Family Medical Leave Act is interesting, and it really evolved as it went from the House to the Senate to what was signed in. So now the expansion with the Family Medical Leave Act is only around uh, a school closure or daycare closure, so caring for a dependent whose school has been closed or daycare has been closed. Um, they did change definitions, though. They changed the definition of an employer to that same definition with the paid sick leave, 500 employees or less. Um, and they changed the definition of employee uh, from that, what we're used to, which is one year uh, having worked 1,250 hours, now is 30 days. So if an employee has worked for you for 30 days, they're eligible for this expanded family medical leave protection. Um, and probably to me, the biggest change is that just for this coronavirus related school closure, daycare closure piece, 
after a 10 day waiting period, they're now eligible uh, for up to two thirds to receive two thirds of their pay. And we all know that the standard FMLA is unpaid. Um, I did miss, by the way, I want to double back to that uh, paid sick leave mandate and say that there is no waiting period for that. So if you just hired an employee, they're immediately eligible for the paid sick leave piece. Wow. So those are the highlights. So does this impact every employer or just certain groups? So it it is every industry. It's every public employer. And then private industry, it's 500 employees and below. Um, This is a great time for me to talk about something that I just learned this morning. Um, There's a lot of talk and a lot of talk among my clients about this potential exemption for small businesses, so under 50, um, meaning will small businesses under 50 be able to opt out of this? Um, There is some verbiage that says the Secretary of Labor will be able to exempt small businesses but will compromise the vitality of their business to pay this out. What I learned this morning is that that exemption is looking like it only applies to the expanded Family Medical Leave Act, not the paid sick leave piece. So it doesn't look like there's going to be an exemption for the uh, paid sick leave piece for small businesses, but there still could be that exemption for uh, the Family Medical Leave Act. Okay. Okay. So what are some of the changes and challenges that HR departments are seeing or will see due to the passage of this law? There's so many. (laughs) There's so many. I think that we are, um, as HR professionals and leaders uh, and advisors, first, outside of this act, just managing, helping our people, helping our leaders manage our workforce right now with telework, remote work is um, brand new, brand new. And I think, in my opinion, this will change the landscape of how work is done for a very long time. Uh, But specific to this act, um, the changes with the Family Medical Leave Act, I mean, I don't know how long you've practiced HR, but I feel like I'm just getting it. And I've done it for a long time. And this just kind of opens the the gates back up. So that is a huge change. Um, Obviously, having to offer, I'm not sure that I was 100% clear about this, but having to offer an additional 80 hours of paid sick leave that is on top of whatever policies you have in place that you cannot change right now. You have to still honor those, but provide this leave first to employees. So just managing that um, from a documentation standpoint, there it's not clear on how we are going to document this Um we have FMLA forms. Do we continue to use those? Um, what documentation do we require from doctors? Those are all question marks right now. I think that I would um, encourage, and we all know this because we're because what we do, uh, document, document, document. Even if it's an email to yourself uh, or an email to someone else, I would just keep really good records. Um, if we don't have those forms in hand by the time this rolls out, then make up your own. Just keep really good records to protect you and your your organization and your employees. Um, I also think that 
back to the telework piece, the way we're communicating with employees is completely different, but so important right now, even if we don't have the answers, um, just letting people know that we're on top of it. Uh, we sent an email out last week that said before it was signed in, I know some of you are following it. We don't know how it's going to impact us yet. Know that we're watching it and we'll communicate with you as soon as we know. I think employees appreciate that because we also know that when they don't have all the information, they make it up. So if you don't know, tell them you don't know, but tell them that you'll communicate that when you have those answers. And this is probably a good time to mention as well. Um, We'll take some questions for Christy as well. So if you do have questions, whether it's about what she's talking about in the moment, or if it's something you're going to hear, you've heard already, feel free to put that in the chat box and we'll go through towards the end. Uh, We'll have a short Q and a session with Christy where she can hopefully answer some of the questions that you guys have as an audience, if there's time permitting. So Christy, you kind of answered this one already. Um, do you have any advice for HR teams that are still facing this new challenge today? Yeah, it is. That's a, it's a great time for me to just kind of reiterate what I, what I said. Um, I think communication is key. Um, documentation is key. And then my catchphrase that I've been using throughout this is uh, flexible and generous I think that in life, that phrase works. And I've reminded myself of it a few times. Um, But as we go through this, and as we're working with our leaders, and especially our employees, wherever we can be flexible and generous, now is the time. Uh, I think that employees will see that and they'll appreciate that. This is not necessarily, and we're, we're HR professionals, we're used to enforcing policy trying to make things black and white, but this is not the time to do the way we've always done it. Um, It's just not going to work. There are so many things that are situational, so many variables, flexible and generous. If you can bend, bend. If you can give a little bit more, give a little bit more. Now is the time. That is my main piece of advice um, to leaders and HR professionals. So Christy, what would you say are some good resources for people to use uh, to go through and learn more or stay up to date on changes to the Families First Act as it comes about? So I would, I would say that probably the most valuable resources that I found are uh, employment law attorneys. I think every employment law attorney out there is um, working to update and debrief and, and keep us posted. Um, I haven't, I shouldn't say this on a recorded video, I haven't found a lot of value um, on the Department of Labor website. I've checked uh, a couple of times and it is, um, it's, it looks like resources that they've used in the past. I'm sure that they are working to update that. We've heard that we're going to have to notify our employees with a poster and they've said that the Secretary of Labor has said that they're working on that. I'm sure that will be on the Department of Labor website. So I bring that up as a, I don't see it there now, but I think that we will start to see resources through the Department of Labor website. Which, I mean, that makes sense. Like I said, this does kind of remind me when the ACA was all rolled out. Um, There was broad sweeping measures rolled out, but the details behind it took a little bit longer to come to fruition. And so 
Two last questions for you, Christy. So since an employee is being reimbursed for being away from work, does the government pay back an employer in any particular format? Yes. So I'm going to have to look at my notes on this one uh, because this is brand new to me, brand new information to me today. Um, so the there are tax credits available to employers that are providing this type of leave, uh, especially the paid the paid sick leave piece. Um, so what I what I discovered this morning is that there will be tax credits coming to these organizations, and the tax credits will be offset from the payroll taxes the organization pays. And that's the um, the federal income tax, employee Social Security and Medicare, and the employer's portion of the Social Security and Medicare. And if there's not enough there to offset it, um, then the IRS will step in and credit that back. And everything that I've read has said that the IRS will be working to do that very quickly. I think I read within two weeks. Um, so this is uh, not a, we're going to have to wait until the end of the year to get this money back or the quarter. Like I had read one place, this is looking like it's going to be per pay period. We'll be able to offset this, this cost. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm sure I didn't cover any, everything, but I mean, is there anything else that you would add in regards to any changes, what HR is facing, uh, places to go, et cetera, that could add value for our viewers? So I do, um, again, I'm looking at my notes and we covered about a quarter of my notes. Uh, so please, yes, go check your resources. There are maximum amount, amount dollar per day uh, that we're going to be reimbursed and that you can pay out. Go check that out. Um, there is, I didn't talk about the exemption for healthcare and emergency management professionals. They're exempt from this. So go do your research and you can do that research. SHRM has um, a dedicated site now for the coronavirus updates. Um, any local employment law attorney, uh, they have those resources as well. So go check that out. And if you can't find one, contact me because uh, that's where I'm doing my research and, and getting my information. And then I'm a resource. If you want to talk through something, um, call me, text me, email me, um, and we can talk through it. This is, again, we don't have all of the answers. I've had so many, and we all know this is how this goes down. We've had so many, um, well, what if, and what happens when? I don't know yet, but we can work through it together and figure out those answers. And it's, each situation is going to be different. Um, I had a, I had a, a, actually CFO yesterday, one of my clients say, well, we've set precedents already. And I said, no, 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 <laughs> there is no, we have absolutely never been in this situation before. So we get to kind of make it up. And as long as we're being flexible and generous, we're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Don't go through and try and overstep the line or get too crazy. Make sure that at the end of the day, you're doing it with the right intention and hopefully right. you can get some uh, grace at the end of the day. So yes. Chrissy, this is a great time. Why don't you go ahead and give everybody your contact information, uh, phone number, email that they can reach you at. And that way, you know, everybody that might have questions, whether it's in today's audience or listening to the podcast can go through and reach out to you. 
Great. Yes. So you can reach me. My direct phone number is 918-630-0769. My email address is K-R-I-S-T-I at pplperspective.com. And our website is www.pplperspective.com. And I'm going to type it all in the chat as well, Mitch, so that if people didn't get that, they've got it there for them. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's see if there are any questions here. We'll give you guys another like 30 seconds or so. If you do have a question for Christy, uh, feel free to throw it in the chat box and we can go through and uh, kick it around and discuss it. Um, Christy, I completely understand where you're coming from with the fact that there's so much out there and this is changing, it seems like, on an hourly basis, let alone a daily and weekly basis so far. Uh, but thank you very much for going through and giving everybody at least some insight on where to start with this so that hopefully they can go through and find some direction, have some resources, and at least expect what to come here in the near future. We do. One last thing, Mitch. We do. Right. Um, OKHR OK has partnered with Crow and Dunleavy, and they are doing a uh, virtual event later this afternoon so if anybody wants the link to that, you can use my contact information over there and you can hear directly. I'm obviously not an attorney. I should have led with that. Uh, but you can hear from the, the attorneys that OKHR has partnered with um, more about this, their perspective, their guidance. Oh, Ricky's got a question. Go ahead, Christy. Oh, Ricky. Um so I think that, so are you asking if, um, if individuals can get short-term disability if they're impacted by the coronavirus? Yeah. Well, can I unmute? Ricky? You are unmuted. Can you hear me? Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, some plans have a rider um, for quarantine. So I have a client right now that it works just like regular disability. If there is a potential exposure and they're sent home, even though there's not a positive diagnosis, they have full short-term disability benefits that kick in. So I, again, I don't, that's a, (laughs) I don't have the perfect answer, but I, I will tell you what I know is that that paid sick leave piece is above and beyond any benefits that they have. So maybe they get both. I'm not sure, but I, it's above and beyond um, any benefits that they have. And I don't know if that's just any existing PTO benefits that they have. Again, flexible and generous. Um, I think that that would be the way that you would approach that. Uh, I don't see maybe FMLA and short-term disability um, would run on top of each other. I think the goal here would for them to be whole. So with their pay. So if the short-term disability policy isn't a hundred percent, then maybe we make up that remaining percent with the paid sick leave and or the FMLA, depending on how long that lasts. Does that make sense? As I talk through it, I think it is more about, um, keeping them whole. So if we can, if the, if the STD policy is just a, a certain percentage, then where can we make up that remainder um, percentage? Is it with the paid sick leave and or the FMLA? Thanks. Sure. All right. Thank you, Ricky. 
Well, Christy, again, I want to thank you very much for, first of all, leading off in uh, coffee content, et cetera, which I feel like couldn't have had a better lead off person. Um, if you guys do have questions after today, one, don't hesitate to reach out to Christy, but two, like Christy mentioned, um, Crow and Dunlevy will be going through and speaking about this later this afternoon uh, for all companies in Oklahoma and Arkansas to go through and participate in. So feel free to go through and join that. But uh, if there are no other questions, Christy, I think we can go through and finish our cups of coffee and get back to our day. Yeah. Let me say, Mitch, great work on doing this and supporting us. We all appreciate it so much. And I'm really looking forward to the other session. So thanks for giving us this opportunity. No, you're more than welcome. Well, thank you everyone who joined us. Uh, We'll go through and conclude the session and uh, look forward to the next one Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Central. Have a great afternoon. Have a great morning, guys. Thank you.